Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Honestly Hannah, a podcast hosted by me, Hannah Coda, where I share all my honest opinions about all things going on in the world. I'm treating this podcast like a diary, and trust me, I have a lot to say. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. If you haven't seen by the title, it is all about serial killers and me really trying to figure out why I am so obsessed with this, like, world, right? Not only serial killers, but, like, murder mystery, like, type media. And when I say media, I mean, like, anything from, like, TV shows, movies, podcasts, um, I guess that's kind of it, but like I am a hundred percent in and I feel like I've always been really obsessed about all of this stuff. And just to kind of backtrack a little bit, I was gonna talk about this on last week's podcast. However, the Oscars happened and I feel like I had to dedicate a whole episode to that because that was a hot mess. And then the reviews came out a couple like days later and I found out it was actually the worst Oscars, like I think in history of like how many people viewed it, how many people liked it, didn't like it, whatever. It was got very bad ratings. So I almost feel validated that I wasn't the only one that was like, what happened? <laughs> um, but anyways, in last week's episode, I kind of talked about it a little bit. I'm just going to bring it up right now. I was sitting down watching TV. Again, I don't watch TV that often. So I think it was just there was something on like regular cable TV. And yes, I still have regular cable TV. Um, I have all the streaming stuff too, but I also have cable. And I was sitting there just like flipping through the channels. And then I saw something like of the title of like, I think it was what I looked up. I think it was living with a serial killer or living with a murderer or something. And I was like, ooh, what is this? Because titles like that, like, automatically catch my attention. And I realized it was Oxygen, um, which is a network on cable TV. And um, that's when I realized, like, in, you know, if you guys have seen cable TV recently or, you know, ever <laughs> in, like, the lower right-hand corner, um, like, if there's anything going on, like, on that network, they kind of promote it there. Um, and I saw it said Serial Killer Week. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. So I was, like, looking through, like, what they what else they had for the week. And then I realized, like, they really were having a Serial Killer Week. I don't know if they're having another one or whatever. But this is where my, like, fascination started. So I was watching this documentary, just chilling, like, on my couch. And then this little, like, pop-up came up, like, in, like, the left-hand corner. Like, you know those pop-ups where, like, I don't know if you guys are of this age or remember or don't remember because you were too old or whatever. <laughs> but back in Disney Channel days <laughs> when they used to want to, like, I guess create more revenue or, like, create another buzz about it. Like, for instance, like, High School Musical. Like, I remember High School Musical came out, and then a couple weeks later, they released, like, High School Musical, the sing-along, where it literally was just the same movie, but, the, like, the lyrics were at the bottom so you could sing along. And then at one point, they started doing, like, facts about the movie, and it was, like, a like a fact-watching... I don't know. But, like, for Disney Channel, they used to pop up facts about, like oh, behind the scenes, this happened on this day when they were recording this scene. And it felt very much like that. That's what I'm trying to say. So Oxygen was playing this. And this little thing co comes up in the left-hand corner. It was like, did you know? And I was like, oh, what is it about to tell me? And then I looked at it and like this, what I'm about to say is not to scare any of you all or like to like whatever. It just, it, you know, I was like, whoa. Um, it put me in like shock mode. Um, it said... <laughs> 76% of 
all serial killers ever like convicted, prosecuted, you know, basically caught all like all of the serial killers ever, ever in our history, in the world's history, I mean, 76% of serial killers are from the United States. Let that kind of just like like sink in for a second. 76% of all serial killers are from the United States. And then like the next highest one I think they said was like the UK and it's like 8% or something like that. And I was like, oh, so this is like an American thing. So I don't think like this is a phenomenon for Americans. Like this is a thing that we potentially have created. I don't know. I just thought it was a really like weird fact. And then I started digging deeper and deeper because I was like, really? Because I feel like when I watch like some shows, like they always kind of do like, for instance, I was watching that show and they were doing a documentary on a serial killer, a female serial killer, by the way, which is even like I think it's like less than like two percent of all serial killers are female which <laughs> says something to you too um but they were doing a documentary on a female serial killer in the uk who basically like had a psychotic break and like unfortunately like murdered um some men and i was like whoa like this is this is this explains it like i feel like it's embedded within like my culture I guess and like that's why we all think it's like a crazy phenomenon I don't know and then I realized that I had been kind of obsessed with murder mystery like crime type shows my entire life I feel like whenever I came home from school my grandma and my grandpa were watching stuff like my mom that's what she would watch at night before we went to bed um like my friends moms my friends like parents like this is like it was an adult type thing like you would watch so maybe it was like an element of like you can't watch this and now you're old enough to watch it so you want to watch it all the time I don't know maybe it was like one of those things but nonetheless I, because of this and because of, you know, my research within the last couple um, weeks, I realized that, yes, like, the answer is I am obsessed with, like, serial killer and, like, murder mystery type content. And the reason why is just because it holds my attention. Like, that's what I have discovered. I realize that, like, when I'm not feeling well or I want to just relax, and it sounds so crazy when I, like, say that out loud, like, when I want to relax, I turn on criminal minds. Like, that doesn't make any sense. But in a way, I guess it kind of does because it's a, it, it sounds like it's like a cultural thing. Um, however, I, now I do want to get like that. That was kind of like the why portion and maybe we'll get into a little bit more. Um, but now I want to talk about all of the like media and content that I consume of like, again, crime, murder mystery, serial killer, like, type stuff. Um, I'll tell you what's good and what is not good, what's going to be a waste of your time, what is a little bit more of, like, a niche. Um, and, yeah, and, like, what's out there right now and where we can find it. I am going to go over right now the top serial killer <laughs> shows of all time. Um, I found it, this particular list, I found on ranker.com. So it is like a fan-based, um, like type website where like people have voted. Apparently there's been over like, I don't know, more than a couple thousand votes on these. So I'm going to start with like the one that I know and the one that I think is like correct or like should be higher on this list. 
Um, and mind you, these are like shows that are like happening right now, like early 2000s. I don't think that there's, oh, well, there are some shows from like the 70s, but they're towards the bottom now. And I'm pretty sure it's because like, you know, like better shows have come out recently. <laughs> um, so I'm going to start with number 26. I think this list goes all the way to 100, but that's a lot and I'm not going to do that. Um, and I've seen pretty much all of the shows upwards of like ranking number 26, but number 26 comes in with Psych. I, and it says premiered in 2006. I freaking love this show. I was so sad um, when they decided that they were going to cancel it. It's so freaking good. Um, apparently it's number six of the best drama slash comedy series. Um, it's so good. If you guys haven't seen it, it's a very like typical, like early 2000s show. The comedy is very early 2000s. Like, I guess that's just like the best way I can explain it. The next one is Without a Trace. Great show. 24. I have met people who have obsessed over 24 and were so like sad when it, you know, got canceled. Um, Magnum P.I., I don't know. Number 22, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. I have not specifically watched this one, but it is very high-ranking in pretty much all of the lists that I saw. So this will be on my list um, to watch, like, this next week. Hill Street Blues. I think I've seen, like, one or two episodes of this, but mm, whatever. Cold case. See, there was like a switch, I feel like, in the in the culture. There was a switch in like, I feel like in the early 2000s where people wanted, and I guess it kind of, it changed in like our movies too, where people wanted more of like the story and like the like sitcom like type feel. And then all of a sudden it got to like no, sorry. It was like sitcom first. And then it was like, okay, now people want more story. Okay. Now that we have more story, people want more action. Now that we have more action, we want story action and like violence and like craziness. Like, and then people wanted even more story. I don't know. I just, I saw this like switch. So like when Cold Case like came out or like was starting to get really popular, I was like, that's super interesting because after a while, I feel like it lost its popularity, and I think it's because of the, like, actual content, like, cold case. Like, people were like, no, we want things that are more current. Like, I feel like, unfortunately, people are more gruesome nowadays, so, like, th that's just, like, my little observation. Uh, number 19 is Rizzoli and Isles. Oh, my goodness. When this show first came out, when did it premiere? Oh, it doesn't say it, um, but it's on Hulu super super good um when the show first came out I was like oh my god yes because the girl the two women in the show Annie Harmon and Sasha Alexander um they were on previous like crime shows before this and then they put them together so one of them was on Law and Order she was like a lawyer and like a badass lawyer and was like super um just like she was so good and she was on like the regular law and order for a really long time and then the other one um was on ncis and she was killed off of that show i still have like fa haven't found the actual reason of why she was killed off the show but i heard that she wanted she was like working on other projects at the time wasn't rizzoli and isles but um she was killed off NCIS and she was one of the main like original characters so when she died I was like dang like I actually really like her like I wish she would do something else and then bam Rizzoli and I came out it's a detective show you know um 
one of them is like the me and then the other one is like the detective i like it the two female leads i like the show but after i think like the third season it kind of died out for me but overall if you want to see the first couple seasons they were really good i suggest that you watch that a uh, person of interest is number 18 definitely have seen that not one of my favorites but still pretty good law and order criminal intent i do have to say that the law and orders on this list i think are placed accurately so there are three law and orders from like my knowledge i think they tried to do a couple more but like it never just hit off so there's like regular law and order which is just murders mostly or like there's a couple like other crimes because then there were like specific shows for other Law and Orders, but Law and Order is like the original one, um, and it's I don't want to say it's PG because they're pretty intense, but like that's like the PG one, and then there's Law and Order SVU, which is for sure PG thirteen slash like rated R, and then there's Law and Order Criminal Intent. I loved like the main characters in this, however, it is out of the three Law and Orders, it's my least favorite. I'll watch it if, like, there's nothing else on and I want to watch, like, a Law & Order type show. I'll watch it. But it's not my favorite. My mom, however, oh, my gosh, she used to love this show. My grandma, too. Like, it was one of their favorites. And I just, no, I feel like I just never got into it. Hawaii Five-0, pretty good, pretty good. I believe it's on uh, CBS slash, like, Paramount or whatever, um, their streaming service. Breaking Bad, okay controversial here guys controversial um i don't like breaking bad I, I never really got into it it wasn't really my show i tried so many episodes i think i watched like the whole first season and nothing kept me coming back and i don't even know does this count as like a serial i guess I don't know, but I'm not a Breaking Bad fan, and I know that's a controversial, like, opinion, um, but if somebody can, like, maybe tell me the whole plot of the show, and then let's see from there, I guess, if I like it. Murder, She Wrote. Oh, my goodness. Um, this was such a classic show. I remember watching this as, like, a little kid when I was home from school, like, because I feel like it was the only interesting thing um on like at 11 a.m <laughs> on regular like daytime television um it was such a cute like little nancy drew show like type show um very like older you know it, it's the nostalgic for me um castle is number 13 i've never heard of that one um obviously dexter is number 12 dexter is pretty good um dexter is actually doing a reboot if you guys haven't seen it I believe it comes out oh gosh don't quote me but i think it comes out in september and it's ranked number 49 of best shows of all time that's actually pretty high dexter is about <laughs> him him himself is a serial killer <laughs> um it's a pretty good show guys like just it, and it's one that has like story behind it too like with the main character so it's, it's pretty good number 11 csi crime scene investigation <sighs> oh csi i think i started I think CSI, no, it wasn't the first, but I think CSI was the first one I ever binged watched. Um, like the 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 theme song, I'm gonna get copyrighted, but like the who are you? Okay, that's all I'm gonna do. Um, but 
that like when I hear it playing like and it's on someone's TV, I know exactly like what episode it is. I know exactly like what's going to happen in there. I was obsessed with CSI, like obsessed to the point where I thought I was going to be a pathologist, which is like I think <laughs> don't go me on this one either. I think as one of the scientists like in the lab, like I was dead set like that is my career. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to go to school for. Like I was so serious. Like I really thought that I was going to be like a crime scene like investigator like I really did I think I thought I was going to be in the lab with the lab coats and like having to like s- tell the detectives like what I found like I really thought that that's what I was going to do in my life obviously didn't happen Perry Mason I do remember watching this as a kid with my dad super old school show um number nine the mentalist I remember hearing about that but I don't, th- I don't think I ever watched it I don't think so Number eight is Monk. Oh my god. I love Monk. I love, gosh, I'm blanking on his name too, but the main actor in Monk, it was such a good show. And like thinking back on it with COVID this past year, we were all like little monks running around. If you've never seen the show Monk, the main like detective guy, he is a germaphobe like the biggest germaphobe I think I've ever seen not only on television but like in real life he his assistant and I believe her name was Natalie um would like carry around like hand sanitizer for him and cleaning wipes and he would never like touch anyone and he had like a therapist (laughs) that was like part of the show I don't know it was it was such a good like I feel like that is a classic example of like early 2000s type shows Bones, yes, Bones with Emily Deschanel. Ooh, I loved the show. I saw both of them together at an event one time and I was like, oh my God, this is like a dream come true. I was like, I've never thought I would see them like outside of like this TV show. It was really cool. I think I saw them like at an award show or something. And oh no, no, I think it was just like a game. I'm not sure, but I saw them together and I literally was geeking out and everyone around me was like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, you guys don't understand how special this is. Like coworkers that actually hang out outside of work together (laughs) and that are on a major TV show. Like, I think that's so cool. Uh, Number six, Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Law and Order Special Victims Unit, I think is number two for me for all time, like favorite type serial killer type shows or like murder shows um olivia benson i've met mariska hargitay multiple times who if you don't know who mariska hargitay is she is olivia benson in law and order special victims unit she's the main character she's been on i think every episode of every season if not she's in every single season i believe it's the longest running drama show of all time i think they're in season 22 23 something like that but like this is what Mariska Hargitay is known for um I've met her a couple times unfortunately in real life she is not like Olivia Benson and it makes me so sad every time that I see her it makes me so freaking sad um she is a lot different in person um not in a bad way she's just different she's she's very um like excited and like very like preppy um she's nothing like her character um which I guess is good because I guess that means that she's a great actress I don't know um but yeah I guess I just had to mention that little piece that she's nothing like Olivia Benson but this show right here I, I have seen 
except for like the newer seasons, like maybe this past season and the season before that, I have seen every single episode of Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Every single one. <laughs> um, I've binged it all on Netflix when they had like all the seasons up to date. And that's what I mean. I don't think I've seen like all of the episodes of the latest season, but it's just a classic, guys. Like, it, it, like it's just so good. I don't even have a favorite episode either, but um, NCIS. Okay. NCIS. This was the show that I watched with my grandma. And I don't know why this particular show, but, like, this is the show that we watch together. NCIS is the Naval Criminal Investigation something. It's with the military. So they investigate any, like, um, home-based, like, murders that happen or deaths um, with anyone in the military. Um, the main actor, his name is Gibbs, and they... Um, and he was like the quarterback for UCLA. Nobody thought he was going to be an actor. And now he's an actor. And he this was his show that he had done for, I think, for almost 20 years. Um, this show is like one of the ones that is that was on for a really, really long time. Um, CSI or sorry, CSI NCIS was really good, I think, up until like season 10. Um, again, complete early 2000 show has very much of that feel. Um, but after, so multiple, obviously multiple characters die in this show. So the girl on Rosalia Niles, her name is Kate in NCIS. When Kate dies, I'm like, okay, but that was only the first couple seasons. Then they get a whole new set of, um, like crew and they were together for a really long time. Um, well, they get another woman and they were together for a really long time. Uh, Ziva. After Ziva leaves, it's kind of all downhill from there. And I know people are going to have different opinions, but if you've watched NCIS and you know what I'm talking about, I think everybody can kind of agree after Ziva leaves, it's not the greatest show anymore. Um, and that's also what I'll say about that. All right, moving on to the top four of all time. Number four is Sherlock. I did not expect this to be so high. I didn't even expect this to be on the list. Uh, Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. Um, it is mostly, I think, bigger in the UK and like Europe. Um, but Sherlock is about Sherlock Holmes. Um, and but is it's it's a modern version of Sherlock Holmes, and they investigate obviously crimes and murders and like all different types of things. Um, but it is so sorry, it is so good. Um, this one is like a mind game, like for sure, like it's a mind game. It can be found on Netflix. I think each episode, you guys, this is why I'm telling you, it's like a UK thing. Each episode is like an hour and a half, um, and I think there's only like two to three episodes per season it's crazy like the format is so crazy but i do agree sherlock is so 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 freaking good i don't know how it never really got bigger in the united states i think someone had told me to watch it um because it was from the creators of doctor who um, or something about doctor who like there was some involvement in there and everybody was super excited when this show came out Honestly, I think this show has been on since, like, 2015, 2016. I could be wrong. Um, but, if, let me see. 
oh shoot it's been on since 2010 or it was on since 2010 and it was like everything guys like it, it and everybody was always waiting for the new season to come out it would take like two years for another season to come out and only three episodes were ever published like in certain seasons it was it was crazy like the format of the show was so different and I think that's what like intrigued people even more but I believe all the current seasons are on Netflix please go watch it it's so good um Law and Order the original Law and Order is at number three I feel like the original Law and Order just gives very like nostalgic vibes it's very 90s like I don't know like the introducing to like crime type shows um so that was okay Number two is Columbo. I hate to say it. I've never heard of the show, but it was because it was in the 90s. Or sorry, not the 90s, the 80s. Um, yeah, I've never seen it, so I'm going to move past it. And of course, number one is Criminal Minds. When I tell you guys my love for this show is just absolutely infinite, Okay, so when I was a kid and I wanted to watch Criminal Minds, because most, so Criminal Minds, if you guys don't know, it's about a um, specific unit within the FBI, and this is like a real unit. It's not like in real life. This is, there's a unit called the Behavioral Analysis Unit in the FBI in the United States. Um, However, it's not (laughs) like um, Hodge and like Spencer Reed, Dr. Spencer Reed, and like Rossi and like everyone. That's not, it's not like that. And I don't think the team is that big. But this show was based off of a little bit of nonfiction. Like this, this was in real life. Like they, there is a team like this that does travel around America. They don't have private jets, but um, they do investigate ser- serial killers. Um, but when I was younger and I wanted to watch this show, it used to scare the crap out of me. It used to scare me so much because I felt like the stories were so in-depth. This is a story or sorry, this is a, a, a show where I feel like evolved with the times. The first couple episodes are very much like law and order type feel I feel like like it was very just like okay like there's this murder we're gonna investigate it then like as the time went on so I think the show started I think I wrote uh looked it up I think it started in, in 2005 if I'm not mistaken it started in 2005 and ended last year in 2020 guys um there are 15 seasons of it and when it first started it started off like every other show and it kind of evolved to like okay people want more story like i was saying before and then people want more violence now people want violence and story in this like really crazy type narrative where everything is connecting and like i don't know and i think that's why they kept their audience for a really long time especially me um but I have 100% seen every single episode, every single episode, almost I think every single interview that this cast has done. I love this show. It is my guilty pleasure, like, binge watch. It could be really scary. Some of the episodes are really, really gruesome and, like, trigger warning and, like, you know, whatever, but a lot of it, some of the episodes get into, like, rape and kidnapping, um, kids, adults, like, there is really no limit, and then they even start getting into, like, attacking the detectives, and, like, oh my goodness, I won't give it away if you haven't seen Criminal Minds, but there's an episode around season five of Criminal Minds 
where <laughs> if I see this episode, I just bawl. I cry and I cry and I cry over a fictional character. And I don't know what it is. But if I watch this episode, I just sit there and cry. And maybe because like in the later episodes, like you get to see like the aftermath of it and they bring it up obviously multiple seasons later. Um, and I don't know, I this is how much I'm invested in the show. If you've never seen Criminal Minds or if you're too scared like me, just start with episode one because like I said, I feel like episode one and like the first couple seasons are not as bad and it kind of like grows on you. Um, and I just love the character development in Criminal Minds. Um, I'm actually rewatching it today. The entire day I just sat and watched Criminal Minds. I have to say, so again, spoilers if you've never seen it, but I need to bring up this topic right now. So uh, season 12, I don't remember what episode, but it's the beginning of uh, season 12. They remove Hotch from the show. Hotch is like the squad leader. He's like the main guy, right? And it was because behind the scenes, unfortunately, he had like a physical fight with one of the writers slash producers and they kicked him off the show. After 12 years of being like the main like lead character on the show. And my personal opinion, the seasons after that, the episodes after that are not as good without him and that does anybody feel that way if anybody's seen criminal minds and watch criminal minds like i do i'm really upset that they kicked hotch off the show and i understand like why because obviously you can't physically fight someone you can't punch someone and like not get away with it but like oh oh, it makes me so mad why i hate when tv shows do that like i hate when they randomly just like kill off the main character like even if the main character wants it i'm like come on you guys like can't you negotiate contracts or something like at one point they try to kick off jj um which is like aj cook in real life off of criminal minds um which is jessica drow in criminal minds they try to kick her off because they couldn't pay her or something there was like budget cuts and i'm like (laughs) please just get it together like there is like a real fandom behind this show where we want to see all of the main characters come back every season Ugh, I just hate when tv shows do that um but yeah my obsession with criminal minds will never leave my obsession with these serial t- killer type shows will never leave uh let me know down in the comments if you guys have a specific episode that you love so we can talk about it but I definitely think like if I'm trying to get emotional that episode in season five is the waterworks will just start coming (laughs) um so now that we've talked about some serial killer tv shows and like the top ranked ones of all time um I thought we kind of get into some documentaries a documentary that you guys wanted me to watch um that I actually enjoyed Okay, so the documentary that you all wanted me to watch that I got multiple people wanted, like, recommended this to me, which was Why Did You Kill Me? It is on Netflix, and it is a documentary, Um, so it's a true story, and, like, the full story basically just closed within, I think, like, the last year, Um, but it was so good. Thank you to those, there were multiple people who told me to watch it, so thank you to those people who told me to watch it. It was very close to home. Um, The murder um, takes place in Riverside, California, which is not too far away from me, Um, and it's just so crazy to see 
something kind of happened in your own backyard and like what happened. Um, it was a story mostly just about, well, I guess you could say it had a lot of themes. Um, but the overall like synopsis, if you don't want to hear this and you want to watch it for yourself, maybe skip over this part. Um, but the overall synopsis was there was a woman, um, who basically told the entire story. She was a mom or she is a mom of three boys and a girl. One night, um, her family was over and they got in two separate cars. She was in one car herself and then her children, um, two boys and a girl were in the other car and they were just carpooling together over to, I think like a Seven Eleven or something. And while they were leaving their street, um, basically got caught in the middle of something and there was a shootout and the daughter that was in the second car, um, was murdered. And basically there were no leads and the police were doing everything that they could. Um, however, it was a very like, um, you know, below the poverty line, like, type area. There was a lot of gang violence going on. So there was a lot of different, like, people and subjects who it could have been, not to mention the brothers, like, were in, like, trouble with the law and stuff. But what ends up happening is the mom and a cousin, a younger cousin, and this happened in the early 2000s, um, ended up making a MySpace profile. <laughs> And catching a lead, basically, that ended up leading them to the gang that unfortunately got caught and, and you know, ended up accidentally murdering this person, this woman. Um, and then led to, like, other arrests with gang-affiliated um, people with from other crimes. And everybody ended up getting caught um, basically just off of this MySpace page um, and, like, a very determined family and mother. Um, and it was a really interesting documentary because at multiple points of the documentary, they try to, like, blame it on a couple things, like gang affiliation and violence, but then also, like, the internet it seemed just like a very modern story of like something that could happen now um and like how the people who weren't convicted but were essentially involved in the involved in the crime that were also involved in gangs like how they didn't want to be a part of it and how like you know poverty can cause a lot of people to make a lot of wrong turns um and just kind of like all sides of the story. I don't know. It was a pretty good documentary. I didn't expect to like get into it that much, but it was a very modern documentary. Like, especially like, I know it's like MySpace, but it could have been like Facebook or like, um, I don't really go on Facebook, but like Instagram <laughs> or Twitter um, or maybe even TikTok, you know? Um, it was, it was a cool, interesting story. And I like documentaries like that. Um, one that's like very similar to that story that's on Netflix is Don't F with Cats, Hunting, Hunting a Internet Killer. That one was super good. That was the first time I really had heard of like the internet, like catching a killer <laughs> and just like the internet and a group of people who like came together and said like, this isn't right. Um, another really good one and another one that kind of hits close to home is The Night Stalker. Um, I watched that whole documentary. I had known about, um, I'm not going to say his name, but I had known about that and those murders for a really long time um, because just like I had people in my family that um, 
obviously were there and living it and remember that summer um, in the 80s where like everyone was locking their doors and closing their windows, even though it was so hot that summer. Um, so I had known about that particular serial killer, the Night Stalker, but I did not know that he had killed so close to my childhood home. Like literally, guys, it was like down the street. So that really creeped me out. I was like, whoa, like I had no idea that that had happened. Um, I remember texting like all of my own friends and being like, guys, before you watch this, just so you know, like... <laughs> um you live down the street from like one of the murders <laughs> like the one of the murders that he committed um because I don't know when it hits so close to home like that I mean mind you we weren't alive yet like this happened in the 80s and we're 90s babies so like I don't know but still like it was just so kind of crazy because I grew up in such a small town where none of that stuff I guess really happens at least that's what I thought even though the craziest thing in Criminal Minds there's an episode about where the city I live like or where I grew up too and it's just so crazy I'm like that is the smallest town but I mean technically it's still in LA County so it's like I don't know it's just it's crazy. <laughs> um, a couple other documentaries that are on Netflix right now um, that I think are pretty good to watch in terms of like this subject. I Am Killer, pretty good. Um, Abduct Abducted in Plain Sight uh, came out in 2017. That one is pretty good. Um, honestly, oh killer inside the mind of Aaron Hernandez. That one was like kind of sad to me. I know I probably shouldn't feel I guess like like pity for like serial killers but like what I have learned also like in my knowledge of watching so many uh serial killer shows is that in my personal opinion mind you I have never had a family member or anyone close to me be murdered so maybe I can't say this or you know whatever but in my personal opinion I think most if not all of murders like ever committed have to do with some type of mental illness or like mental deficiency and like for instance that documentary about um Aaron Hernandez who was an ex like NFL player and apparently had some brain damage from being in the NFL and playing football for so long and getting so many concussions it it messed with his, I think it's his occipital occipital bone or something. I don't know. Something that's in the front. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm not like a huge science person. Um, but like it messed with his brain, essentially, and his decision making, the decision making part of the brain. And not that it caused him, obviously, to kill people, but like it definitely influenced it because he... It, essentially, you know, that that term, like, wasn't in his right mind to, like, make a sound and proper decision. Like, he, he wasn't. That part of his brain was compromised. So, in my personal opinion, a lot of these people, I believe, were either born with some type of deficiency or, like, I don't know, like, they, they are, in my book, consider mental illnesses. Um... And it's really sad because most of the time it's because they haven't gotten the help that they got unless they're like sadists or like rapists, which again, apparently it's a very, very, very low percentage of people who, you know, like do crimes that w crimes were put against them. Like, for instance, unfortunately, like in like child like rape cases or anything like that, 
most people who were abused don't become abusers. However, sometimes they do. Um, it's a very low percentage from what I know. Um, but I still think like a part of it is they don't get the proper help. Um, and it's just really sad. And that's my little portion on that. And like serial killers in real life, I think are, are, it has, it's a bigger question and problem, I believe around mental illness and, um, yeah. And just like providing the support that they can. Don't get me wrong. I know that there are psychopaths and sociopaths in like real life. I know that that is like a real thing. Um, and like it has, sometimes it, the, no matter the support you give or the amount of help that they get, they're just never going to change because it's a chemical and like physical thing within their brain. And I understand that. Um, but sometimes like if it's, and if it's not nature and it's nurture, I just think that it can be helped, you know? Um, now I want to go into something a little bit spooky and creepy, but something that I didn't know that I, f I found out during my research, um, of researching serial killers. And I didn't know, I have watched so many different episodes, like, based on this guy, as well as, like, documentaries based on this guy, and he is known as the Golden State Killer. Um, apparently he was found, arrested, and prosecuted in 2018 at the age of 72. And they had been trying to find this guy, I believe, since 1976. And they just found him in 2018. He's, he's in life, or sorry, he's in prison for life. But if you guys didn't know about him, because his name is not that popular, not like, you know, the Night Stalker or like the Zodiac Killer or any, you know, if you you know if you know the names of Sarah Killer or like Charles Manson or um you know just all of the serial killer names this one I did not recognize because he just got prosecuted and I, I don't really remember it in the news um but his name is Joseph James D'Angelo Jr. and he is better known as the Golden State Killer um, most of his crimes happened in the state of California between the 70s and 80s. Um, it was the most dramatic arrest of all time because so many detectives and so many different law enforcement were on this case for so long. Um, but finally, through DNA matching, they were able to catch one of America's most notorious killers, serial killers, um, yeah, just based on DNA evidence. And I just think that's so crazy. He had committed all different types of crimes, just like the Night Stalker um, was around during the Night Stalker time, and they had a lot of overlap in terms of their crimes. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna read bits and pieces of this Los Angeles um, Times article um, that I found about this man. And yeah, if you guys want to continue listening um, about a real serial killer and his crimes. Keep on listening. Okay, so I am going to try to tell this story as if we're on an episode of Crime Junkie. Crime Junkie is a podcast here, um, wherever you're listening to your podcast. I listen to them on Apple Podcasts. I also, some other like crime-related podcasts that I listen to are uh, Morbid and uh, My Favorite Murder. Um, 
yeah, I mean, those are really the only three that I listen to, but those are like the really three like big ones. Um, and basically on their podcast, they kind of just tell the story of a crime that has happened. Um, usually it's from beginning to end. Like they have, you know, the whole story, who was convicted, what's happening to that person now. Um, so I thought this was a pretty good story to tell. And like I said, I had never heard of this man's name because um, he was convicted in 2018. He actually just was sentenced in 2020 to life in prison at seven, at the age of 75. But he was sweeping the nation of just fear, just absolute fear. Uh, so his name is James, sorry, Joseph James D'Angelo Jr., uh, born on November 8th, 1945. Um, he is known as an American serial killer, serial rapist, and burglar. He is a former police officer who committed at least 13 murders, 50 rapes, and 120 burglaries across California between 1973 and 1986. Uh, D'Angelo was responsible for at least three crime sprees that happened during California. So like how I mentioned before, he was around during the Night Stalker. I believe the Night Stalker happened in 1985. So there was a lot of crossover between them. Um, the first offender... Um, I think was in, yeah, the first offense was in the San Joaquin Valley, Sacramento, so up east, or sorry, up northeast area. Um, he was then named as the East Area Rapist. Um, he had a couple crimes in Stockton, Modesto, and then came down to Southern California in Santa Barbara, Ventura, and Orange Counties, um, where he was then known as the Night Stalker or the original Night Stalker, um, which we now know is, again, didn't want to say his name, but Richard Ramirez. Um, so again, their crimes kind of overlapped, but obviously there were some difference be differences between them. He taunted and threatened all of his victims um, and police and police as well, and obscene phone calls and possibly um, written communication as well. But I don't think any of the police departments have confirmed it. Um, I've watched a couple documentaries on him, but again, I didn't know that they had arrested him because I, I don't think he was known yet. But there was a book and a movie. Um, oh, sorry, not a movie, a TV show on HBO around uh, the Golden State Killer and specifically this writer who was doing a blog and basically was writing about him every day and like trying to create new evidence and the HBO show um, is based on this book. So the book is called I'll Be Gone in the Dark, One Woman's Obsessive Search for the Golden State Killer. It's written by Michelle McNamara. Um, and then the HBO show is called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. It was released in June of 2020. I would recommend um, watching that little short series as well. Um, so you can know more about this man's crimes, which were truly horrific because just like the Night Stalker, um, it wasn't like consistent like I don't know he would rich he would break into like gated neighborhoods rich neighborhoods not so rich neighborhoods like up and down the California coast um and then inwards too like like I mentioned like he was um like on the Sacramento side of California then came down to Santa Barbara and then went down to Orange County and it was just 
like very familiar obviously with these areas and there was no like rhyme or reason to his murders which i think you know really scared people um in general like <laughs> yeah like you know and like what we've known about uh, serial rapists or serial killers is that they usually have some type of fixation or they have some type of like for lack of better words a type of crime and a type of person that they murder or do a crime to and with this person um yeah there just wasn't a rhyme or reason uh for joseph james d'angelo jr um however so this case um you know, made national news really because of the DNA evidence that they were able to um, receive and get to match to this man after, you know, over, I think, like, what, 30 years at this point of, you know, old crimes. So it says that the FBI and local law enforcement agencies, um, basically back in 2016, they held a 50000 reward for his capture because, again, there was unthinkable and un like nameable crimes also they weren't even sure about the amount of crimes that he had actually committed that they couldn't just let this case be a cold case you know anymore in 2018 authorities you know charged him with first degree murder on dna ev evidence based on family's forensic genetic geology um, so it wasn't even his like direct DNA, like they weren't even really su suspecting him, which is, I guess, is what's causing a bunch of controversy. Um, however, on June 29th, 2020, in the middle of COVID, right in the middle of COVID, D'Angelo pleaded, pled guilty to multiple counts of murder and kidnapping. And as part of his plea bargain that spared him the death penalty, D'Angelo also admitted to numerous crimes, which he had not even been formally charged or linked to, including multiple rapes. On August 21st, 2020, D'Angelo was sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. It's just so crazy. Um, especially because it's saying that he couldn't even be charged with some of the rapes and some of the crimes because of the statutes of limitations, which again, I can go on and on and on about why do we have a statutes of limitations on any crime? It's a crime. We're, we're recognizing that it's a crime. Um, I, I just don't understand that. And the terror that he put in these people's lives, like the survivors that he had raped and like left there, like they, it completely like destroyed their lives. So I just don't think... <laughs> that there's really any type of justice in a statute of limitations. But anyways, but the craziest part of this article and what they're really talking about is that he was not only found on DNA evidence, but he was found through multiple private companies uh, like 23andMe or in, in particular MyHeritage and Family Tree DNA. He was found through those databases and they were able to link him through a rapist or sorry, through a rape that happened in Orange County um, through a rape kit that they had done originally at the scene. They were able to match it um, through these private companies. These private companies and the person who gave the DNA sample um, willingly came forward with the DNA and with these results 
Um, and so it was kind of a controversial case how he was convicted, but man, like if there wasn't things like my heritage or 23andMe and like all of these things, we wouldn't be able to link, we wouldn't have been able to link him to the basically hundreds of crimes that he has committed or at least has said that he committed. And that is what the big like thing was about this article. Um, like, is it ethically, um sound to use consumer databases to find serial killers like guys like (laughs) um and he pleaded guilty um on 26 life sentences because he he was caught he like and it was 30 years later like and it was him like he admitted it like there was no like yeah no that wasn't you know whatever um and yeah and so what this article is also saying is like places like ancestry.com and other websites have now you know successfully been able to link up with the fbi and other law enforcements to obtain court orders to access their databases um so if you are (laughs) going to do these like you know ancestry 23me like type of things just know that yeah like your DNA is your DNA, but it can be used in a court case. So hopefully you haven't committed any serious crimes. And if you have, you should probably just turn yourself in now. Um, I really, really recommend watching that documentary on HBO that goes in depth of what um, he did and what his crimes were. They really lay it out bit by bit and why it caused so much, you know, emotions and so many and so much chaos to happen. Um, he's really a sick man, a sick, 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 sick man. And he will be in jail for the rest of his life, which we don't even really know how much longer it will be. He looks pretty sick already. Um, and yeah, that was my little murder mystery, uh, you know, serial killer moment of like real spookiness that is happening in our lives um today (laughs) in the year 20 well not 2020 but you know within the past year um i hope that you guys like this episode if you guys wanted me to do maybe like an in-depth um type episode on any of these topics or any of these documentaries uh please let me know i would love to do it i know i've talked about the night stalker and like uh, different shows that I've watched, um, just, like, on this podcast, like, in, like, the news portion, but if you want me to do a deep dive on a specific documentary, let me know. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. Please make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and leave a review, and yeah, let me know what you guys want to hear for next week's episode. This was Honestly Hannah. (laughs) 